First, I want to say thank you. Uh, I would love to honor the pastor for allowing me to be here today, but I want to honor all of you um, in your church for having me and my family. And uh, we, we love coming to New York. This is only our second time, but we've, we just have a blast every time we come. And uh, this time, literally, with that wind, it's just about blasted us away. So. Amen. So this morning, uh, I, I have uh, something for you, and, and hopefully... I'll be able to communicate this well enough with you. If you want to go with me, I'm going to Mark chapter 5 this morning. Mark chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you just a little bit and explain what, what we're, why I'm talking about what I'm talking about. Back in Georgia, we have an event that we hold, and it's called Suicide Mission. I know that sounds strange, but I want to explain it to you. The Lord gave us a burden for those who are struggling with anxiety, fear, depression, and even the spirit of suicide, because it's a silent war. Many people are struggling with these things, and, uh, and the Lord put on our heart years ago to, to bring an event, and, uh, and we do this once a year, and we go to war against these spirits that are waging against believers and the lost, trying to bring the lost in, amen, setting the captive free. So today I want to bring to you a message with that heart, and uh, in Mark chapter 5, Verse number one, I'm going to read to you just a little bit because i got to read you the whole thing. But I really want to convey what the Lord has put in our heart. And I want to go ahead and tell you, I, I, had, this, I had this nice introduction typed up. The Lord said, you can forget that. Because today what I really want to do, I, I, I want to bring to you this message. I want to bring to you something that will weigh upon your heart. But I also want to bring to you a call to war today for your region. Amen. So I hope today when you leave, you'll leave free, you'll leave in liberty, and you'll leave with a burning desire to go out there and wage a war against the spirits that are coming against the church and the destinies and the futures of those who are lost as well. Amen? So just a few things real quick before we read. 45,979 Americans died according to the most recent report making suicide the 12th leading cause of death. 1.20 million estimated attempts, 130 per day on average. 575,000 people, give or take, visited hospitals for self-harm. Third leading cause, are you ready for this? Third leading cause in ages 10 to 19. Second leading cause ages 20 to 34, fourth leading calls, 35 to 44, that's me, eighth leading calls in ages 45 to 54, 13th in ages 55 to 64, 18th leading calls in ages 65 and up. 10% of Americans have thought about it. 54% at least have been affected by it in some way. And then, I don't want to forget this, especially in honoring my spiritual father, David and Nolia. Suicide is 1.5 times higher in veterans. So to begin to speak on all of this and to say it's a serious issue, many of you already know what it is, but this is a heaviness that has come upon the world and especially our nation. Amen? So today, Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. If you've got it, say amen. They came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling 
among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Herdsmen ran away and reported in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed and in his right mind, and very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine, and they began to implore him and leave their, to leave their region. I want you to hear that. I want to read that part again. And they began to implore him to leave their region. As he was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said this to him. He said, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. If you will, bow your head. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we've come on assignment today by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood that has washed us and set us free. Today we have come, Lord, to implore these, a call to war, to fight against those spirits that wage a war against us privately. God, not only openly, yes, openly, God, in our cities and in our region, but God, also privately, Lord. And there are some battles that, God, we don't even know about. But, Lord, today we come to wage a war. We come, God, to call forth a remnant that is willing to go forth in the blood of Jesus, in the testimony of Jesus, in the anointing, casting down every stronghold, freeing the bound and healing the sick, God. We give you the glory and the praise today, God, because it will not be done by the might or by the power of men, but it will be done by the Spirit of the Lord. And we give you the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise real quick. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's dive right into this. This is a very interesting story because when I read this story, my thoughts go to a place that maybe, maybe some others don't. Maybe, maybe yours does. But my mind begins to think about this man as he is bound up and he is possessed with these spirits. And it's not just one or two. He has thousands of spirits that have come into his life and they literally are holding him captive. And my question is this. How did he get this way? 
because I believe that if I were to sit down with this man, if I had an opportunity, and today if I was to sit down with individuals in this room that maybe you have felt the same way, and I was to sit down and begin to have a conversation with you about the torment and the struggle and the battles that you face, you might tell me this, what this man might say. He might look at me and say, it hasn't always been this way. It has not always been this way. So my mind goes back. My mind begins to retrace the steps. I have questions. Where was the door open when the first spirit made its way into his life and invaded his territory and began to step into his life? And I cannot help but think that there must have been a family involved. There must have been a wife and children that he loved. There must have been babies that he went to bed and he kissed them goodnight and he put them in the bed. There must have been a wife that he was doing life with. There must have been a mom and dad that when things got thick, he could go and say, Dad, I need some help. Dad, Mom, I need some prayer. All of that was gone. We don't hear anything about that in this story. All we hear about is a man who was bound up in shackles and chains <laughs> who took those chains and broke them. But spiritually, he was still bound. But it hasn't always been this way. I think, think about the friends he may have used to have. Anybody in here got friends? Anybody? Like, uh, not as many people as I thought. I thought everybody in here. I have some friends, a few. But I think about that. What happened when he went to them and said, man, you're, you're my uh, J-ish, seven, there's, there's so many here. You're my brother. I'm struggling. Can you help me? No, I'm sorry, man, I can't help you. No, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what you got going on. I don't know what your problem is. You need to take that somewhere else. Family, I need your help. Crying out. The Bible says here that he was crying out night and day. Did nobody hear those cries? Of course they did. They fell on deaf ears. There was nobody there to fight for this man. There was nobody there to get in the trenches. David, you know all about this. Men around you, you were responsible for their life. Today, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, we are, we were accountable for this. And not only those, but the church, do you realize we've been sent with a commission by Christ Jesus to go and to take the kingdom? We are accountable. But there was nobody, nobody for this man. So the region that was once his home became a region of captivity to him. The place where he used to go and he'd feel comfortable walking down the streets and saying hello and going to the places where he used to eat and to the places where he used to buy and sell and trade and do all of these things no longer. He could not do it anymore. A place where he did life. Now he was bound in the tombs and his life was overshadowed by his future. Or that's what the spirits would tell him. The Bible says he would cut himself. self-harm I gave you the number over 500,000 
a year going to hospitals because of self-harm attempts. It wasn't that long ago we had a we had a young man. He came from out west and he came to our church and he was with us for a short time. And I remember sitting with him and counseling with him, trying to fight with him in the trenches. And there was a point where he went back out west. It wasn't that long ago I got the phone call. <laughs> wasn't that long ago I got the phone call that he took a gun and that was it. I couldn't help but stop and think. It's just natural to begin to question, did I do enough? Did I fight hard enough? That's what I see when I read this story about this man. But something very interesting happens on this particular day. And as I'm sitting back here, and now, now I'm moving off my notes because I was hearing something in the Spirit but on this day, something began to happen because how many knows that spirits are territorial? Did you know that? Once they take up residence somewhere, they like to keep that residence. They don't want to move. And that means in our lives, in our homes, in our city. But on this particular day, something shifted in the atmosphere in this region. Because the one who was able to speak to the battle that was waging inside of him showed up. And in my mind, I could just see the beaches of Normandy. I could see it in my mind as I've watched the documentaries and how America came up to the beaches and began to storm the beach. But this day, it was not America. This day, it was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he came up on the beaches, and this man's life would be changed forever as he came up and he waged a war against devils that had been fighting against this man. God knows how long. He had been fighting this battle all by himself. He had been fighting death. He had been fighting depression, anxiety, fear. He probably had been fighting rejection and abandonment. He probably had been fighting the fact that he was worth nothing or he felt like he was worth nothing. This was the battle going on in this man. This was the war that he was waging and he was fighting it alone. And to everyone around him, he was losing DBR mentioned the deficit. This man was in the deficit. Huh. I don't know how many of you may have faced some of these things in your life. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're like, but you know. Because the fact of the matter is, each and every one of us at some point through the week, on a day-to-day -day basis, we wage a war, even for ourselves. Amen? There are spirits that come against us. There's a battle waging, even for your soul. Your mind, will, and emotions, your body, your soul, your spirit, all of that. Because if the enemy can get a foothold, if he can find one open door and he can step in and he can begin to decimate your life mentally, that's where the, that's where the battle is, right? If he can begin to tear down that which is good, that which is holy, and begin to build up the strongholds and bring you, and look, at first it looks good. 
at first it looks good because when somebody hurts us, when somebody brings pain to our life, or when we feel abandoned, or when we feel rejected, or when we feel like we have been abused, or when we feel like we have this addiction that we don't want anybody to know about, what is the first thing we want? We want to hide with it. So when the wall goes up, it seems like a good thing. But that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to be isolated. He wants to get you alone. He wants you to hide behind the gates of fear and anxiety and depression and if I stay here then I can hide this and no one will see and what the enemy does or what he's done to me in the past is this if they find out you'll be embarrassed if you if they ever find out what you're going through they'll never look at you the same they'll think that you are worthless they'll think that you have no no worth in society so you've got to hide this you've got to keep this to yourself that's why I call it a silent war because if anybody finds out what I'm going through, they'll think less of me. They'll never want me. And I already, already have enough rejection in my life. I already have enough abandonment. I've already been used. I've already been abused. It's already bad enough that I have addiction in my life. I don't know if I can handle somebody else walking away from me because they found out of what I'm going through. That's probably what this guy felt like. That's heavy, right? It's a lot. I've always asked the question. I'm going to get real. Is it, is it okay if I just get real with you today? Is that all right? How many in here, you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to think. How many of you in this room can honestly say without a doubt, there's been a time in your life that you've heard that voice in a time of desperation, in a time of struggle, when the enemy spoke in your ear and said, if you ended it all, this would all go away. No way, Pastor, not you. Hey, yeah, I'll be as real as I can be with you. I've been in that place. My wife, we can both testify to you. We've been in that place where that just that whisper came in. Even, even as, as erroneous and ludicrous as it may have sounded when it came in my ear, it's been there, I've heard it. But you may think, oh, that's, that's absolutely crazy. Why would I ever? And then you go to this, how could anybody? But let me engage just for a moment the thought and think what this man, when you have faced so much rejection, think about those who have been abused in some way, either spiritually or physically. Think about those who are caught up in hidden sins that they're afraid for anybody to find out. They want freedom, but they can't find it, and they're embarrassed to go to anybody, especially in the church house because the church has become religious and pious. Come on. Come on now. I love the fact that I can come in here and I don't have to. Ish is wearing a nice tie today. I'm going to put him on the spot. But I love, and this, guys, the way I'm preaching right now, this is the way I get to preach at my church. I love it. But we have to be careful because even in the church, the pharisaical mindset, the religious spirit, we don't realize what we have allowed to, to put people in a cage. And they're trying to carry a burden that was never meant for them to carry. And it's not fair. It's not right. It's not biblical and it's not Christ-like. When you begin to think about all that and you put two and two together, all of a sudden, 
no friends, no family. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. I have no self-worth. I feel like I can't do anything right. I'm at a dead-end job. I don't want to do this. I, I thought I would be so much further by I thought my anointing would be stronger by now. I thought I would be doing things in the Lord by now that I'm not seeing. With all of that, even with all of that in the body of Christ, all of a sudden it begins to come real in your mind. Why somebody might be isolated and think that might be the answer. See, it all starts with fear, depression, anxiety. Because maybe you're not there. Maybe you're not at that place where suicide, maybe it's, oh, no way, no way. And praise the Lord for that. But it didn't start there. It started with anxiety started with a fear. It started with the moment that you were angry at someone and maybe there was some unforgiveness in your life and maybe you're still holding on to that. You can't believe they did. You could not believe that they would treat you that way, especially church folks, right? It's easy for the enemy to slide right in. It's easy. That's why it's so important that we don't put our guard down. We have to walk in the mind of Christ. We have to come. I'm going to give you something. Many of us wake up every day and we fight to get in the spirit. That's what we do. We wake up every day and we go, okay, all right, supercharge, get my Bible, speak in tongues for an hour and a half, and then I'm going to be in the spirit. Anybody do that in here? (laughs) I'm about to give you some freedom here. You ready for this? Romans says, if the spirit of God be in you, then you are in the spirit already. You don't have to fight and wake up every morning to get in the Spirit. If you're born again and the Spirit of God is in you, then you are. You went to bed in the Spirit. You woke up in the Spirit. When you you drove to church this morning, you drove in the Spirit. When you went to the grocery store, you were in the Spirit. When you reached out to that cashier and their face was, it was just kind of mangled because you could tell they were having a bad day and you reached out to them and showed them love, you did that in and by the Spirit of God. So much of the church body is fighting. Oh, man, if I can just get in the spirit. And the enemy, if he can keep you in that lie, yeah, he's got you fighting a war. You can't win right there. So you need to know if you're born again and if you have the spirit of God in you, then you are already in the spirit. Just walk in it. Do it. But what that also means is this. Some of you are fighting this battle. Some of you have the fear and anxiety. Some of you have the spirits of rejection. And and many of you here I know have been set free under David and, and the team. I know you've been set free and others who have laid hands on you and helped you to be that captive set free. But I would be willing to wager that there's people in this room that are fighting unseen battles. And if you had a moment to sit down with somebody who would really give you their time and just listen and not want to do a whole lot of this and a whole lot of, well, you should and you should and you should and you should and if you would do this, then you wouldn't do that. If you would just listen for just a moment, you'd hear them say, this is what I'm going through. But it hasn't always been this way. It hasn't always been like, I remember the day when I was stronger. I remember when I felt like I had something in the I remember when I felt loved. I remember when I felt like I had people around me that were really willing to fight this thing out with me. But it's amazing how the enemy 
has this ability to isolate one sheep. Huh. But I've got news for you. The same Jesus that stepped up in this territory on this day and waged a war against the thousands of... Oh, and here's the thing. Jesus came in the power of the Holy Ghost. He didn't need the legions of angels in heaven. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God. He came in the flesh. He waged a war on the cross. He gave us victory. And this day when he stepped on this territory, he stepped up and he knew exactly why he was there. He knew exactly who he was dealing with. He didn't flinch, bro. He came and with authority, he spoke into the region of captivity in this man and he opened those gates and he said, come forth. God wants to do that with you today. If you're fighting something privately, it doesn't even have to be suicide. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe you've been abused by friends and family. Maybe you've been overlooked. Anybody ever felt that way? I've been there. Overlooked. And over time, a heaviness can move into your life. And you begin to question What worth do I really have in the kingdom? And it's easy to do when you see mighty men and women of God around you. And you feel like you're standing in their shadow. I want to tell you today, you stand in the shadow of one. And it's the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, this man was being tormented day and night. Many of you, maybe, have been tormented in your spirit, in your mind. Maybe it's just issues, just practical things in life. Money, work, life, home life, just practical things. Marriage, kids, everything going on. The truth is, some days it can just be a lot. That's why we can't do this thing alone. That's why we need the Spirit of God. Amen? spirits that hinder that bind there's there's an old book and I'm almost done now there's an old book called this present darkness maybe some of you maybe not and there's a sequel to it the piercing darkness and it just gives this amazing picture of these demons as they move in and out of the region of the small town And as these devils just sit on the shoulders of every individual, especially those high up in the leadership and in the government, and just twisting and corrupting the mind and the perception of the people in the region. But in the book, there was a battle going on as the angels came in and they began to mobilize against that evil. Today, I've come to call you to mobilize against the spirits in this region. I've come to call you to arms today in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that the kingdom will be taken by force. It will not be taken by church people sitting in pews, doing nothing, worshiping, and that's good. That's all great. We need to do that. But if that's all we're going to do, this region will continue as it is. But if we want to wage a war on the devils that have come into this region, into this state, and into this nation, it means that there's going to have to be a body of believers who will stand up and say, I am called in Christ Jesus. I care 
carry a mantle. I carry an anointing. I will not watch as my brothers and sisters die in oh in suicide in fear and anxiety. I will not watch as rejection takes over a generation of teenagers and children. I will not watch as the spirits that are waging a war on the body of Christ take the smart, the generation. Oh my goodness, for those who have cloud enough to name generations, goodness gracious, where are we at now? There's a bunch. The last one I read about, I think, was Generation Alpha, I think. You know what that age group is? Where's, where's my son, Jace? Stand up. Come on, stand up. That's Generation Alpha. <laughs> That's good. That's Generation Alpha right there. If, if, if you're of the mind, and I hope you're not, but if you're of the mindset that, that the former generations, we, we've already been fight for that generation. But I would come today to change that mindset because if there's still life, there's, there's breath in your lungs, then there's life and there's a war to wage at every age from the smallest to the oldest. And it is time that we take our cities, our villages, our townships, take our states back. And how do we, I didn't come to preach to you a political message. I'm preaching to you one kingdom today and it's the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's one way to fight that war. One. Love the Lord God with all your heart. With all your soul, all your mind. All your being, everything you are. Love your brother the same because if you love your brother the same, that means that you will not stand idle while they fight alone. You will not do it. Stand with me. I don't know if somebody needs to get music. I don't know. The team is going to help me pray for anybody today who needs prayer for anything. But I, I, I want to be specific here. I want to make sure that you know if you're here today and you're dealing with anything in your life, if you know that anything is taking root, you may be thinking right now, Pastor, it, it's not as serious as suicide. That's fine. Praise the Lord for that. But let's not allow it to take root and go any further. Come today. Get it handled in the blood of Jesus. If you're one of those that you feel isolated and rejected and maybe you've been fighting some of this stuff and it's gotten serious in your life and you have waged a war and you don't know if you can do it alone anymore, today is the day of salvation. Today, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Even if you think you can handle it, come today. And if you're one of those who says, you know what? At this current moment in my life, I don't have anything like that going on. But I want to be anointed for service. I want to carry the mantle and I want to step out into a territory of lost and dying people who are fighting a battle that they cannot win. They don't even realize it, but they're dwelling among the tombs. 
And it's a foreshadowing of where they're headed if they don't find Christ. It's a foreshadowing of their future if they don't find freedom in the Lord. If you're one of those who would say, I'm ready to answer the call. I'm ready to get up out of my seat and to begin to fight for somebody else's freedom. Oh, man, live. Isn't that what this nation was built on? That's what Jesus died for. Jesus gave up his throne and died on a cross for us. He said, if you love me, then you'll follow after me. You'll do what I did. Today, be one of those who says, you know what? I'm going to step into the presence of the Lord. I'm picking up a mantle. I'm going to fight for a region. I'm going to fight for a people, for a remnant that God has called. Everyone out there in that community, they have a calling. Pastor David, they have a future. They have an anointing. You taught me substance before time. It's there. It's been waiting from the day that they were in the womb. There was anointing and a mantle stored up waiting to be released into their life. And they've yet to tap into it. They've yet to get a hold of it because the enemy has them caged up in regions of captivity. And it's time to break down the strongholds and set the captive free. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to be free? Are you ready to help get somebody else free in the Lord? I want the team to come up. I want you guys to come up here. And I want you to come. All who are weary, all who are heavy laden, all who are burdened, won't you come? Jesus said, I'll give you rest. And if you're not one of those, come on, yeah, lay hands on them, guys. Come on. And if you're one of those who maybe right now you're on the mountain and you, you, are, you are in victory, then come and get anointed. Come and allow the Spirit of the Lord to stir what is inside of you to go and wage a war and set the captives free.